Hello, everyone, and welcome to Midweek Minnesota's Music and Sports Rambles. I'm your host, Eric Ritland. I'm a journalist, songwriter, and commentator from the east side of St. Paul. I'm a writer and editor for Music in Minnesota, have released six albums and 80 piece since 2001, and founded blog and podcast Rambling On in 2012. I'm very excited to announce my latest project, Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad. Be happier, get smarter, and discover with the Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad podcast, which debuts on October 7th. Midweek Minnesota is the local portion of Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad, and includes both a music and sports segment. I'm previewing Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad in September by by releasing weekly midweek Minnesota music and sports rambles. For this episode of the Minnesota Sports Ramble podcast, I'll be talking with Peter Ripka, who has been a Wild and Twins analyst for Rambling On since 2012. Since that time, he's been podcast host and has written hundreds of articles, including his latest, which were a series on the last Minnesota Wild season. So enjoy this segment with Peter. Dalvin Cook was obviously amazing. Yeah. If that guy stays healthy. Good grief. I, I honestly think he's better than Peterson was when yeah. Peterson was here in his prime. I agree. He's at least as fast, and he has better feet. And he's more versatile, obviously. He can catch. Yeah. <laughs> he he can, doesn't have lobster claws. He can block. <laughs> yeah. And I think he runs with more purpose, where Peterson would run fast and then look for contact. Right. Where Delvin only hits that contact if it's there. Yeah. If he, if he has to, to gain extra yards. The question is, do defenders jump and dive out of Peterson, out of Cal- Delvin Cook's way like they did with Peterson? Not yet. He's still young. Yeah, that's true. Give him time. Was it PA that said that? I can't remember. So yeah, I think so. Calvin always makes fun of him. They're tripping over themselves to get out of his way or something <laughs> like that. But they also have uh, issues up front still and pass protection. Oh, for sure. The and the fact offensive line's still pretty bad. Yeah, but I mean the way that they've been opening up running holes, I think they're better run blocking this year than they were last year. Yeah, oh for sure. But then again, they may not be because they didn't run a lot last year. Right. Because DiFilippo had this grand scheme that we had Drew Brees and we needed the greatest show on turf. <laughs> Do you think that Cousins is as bad as everyone says he is? I don't think he's as bad as everyone says he is. He has his moments. I think I think his biggest problem is he puts too much pressure on himself. Like he hears the critics and he tries to prove the critics wrong. Like I don't remember who I think it was Barrero yesterday was saying that how everybody the biggest thing everybody used to say about Cousins was he was too robotic and then he made a couple of plays in that Green Bay game that were out of that robotic stereotype. Right. And it's like was he consciously going outside of that because of those critics? Right. It's a mental thing with him, like with most quarterbacks that just can't seem to take that next step. Yeah. It's hard to... You don't always remember that he was basically RG3's backup to start his career, and he basically still plays like a backup. Yeah. He just doesn't play like a big-time starter. And that's probably a lot to do with, like you said, the mental psyche where he came into the league and he was supposed to be RG3's backup and then RG3 was RG3 and got hurt and thrust him into the spotlight. (laughs) Well, with all the quarterback injuries now, maybe RG3 can come back. Yeah. I think Vince Young is the next one to sigh. (laughs) Christian Ponder. (laughs) He has a ring, doesn't he? No, that was T-Jack that went to Seattle and got the ring. Yeah. Sad, really. God, the quarterbacks this team has had since Dante. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I 
I mean, I was thinking about how the Packers went from Favre to Rodgers. We went from Peterson to Cook. That's something. Because, you know, running back is just as important as quarterback. Especially in a pass-happy league. <laughs> right. As And towards the beginning of Peterson, running was still a little bit more of a part of the game. But by the end of Peterson's tenure with the Vikings, it was all just pass, pass, pass. Yeah. And basically the Peterson ratio... Yeah. That they were doing didn't make any sense. Not quite as good alliteration as Randy Ratio, but... I personally love to refer to it as Childress's kick-ass offense. There you go. <laughs> I When it comes to Cousins, it's just kind of in my nature to try to take the other side. Because it just seems so simplistic to say, he looked bad this and that time, therefore he's really bad. But the sample size has been big enough at this point. He just plays the exact same way whenever he's under pressure. Yeah. He hasn't gotten any better his entire career. Why yeah. would that change? The the on, the one exception to that rule, because every rule has an exception, right? was one that they referenced Sunday during the Green Bay game was when he was with Washington and Green Bay and they were down 21 or 24 nothing and came storming back to win it. Yeah. And that would be the exception to the rule. Yeah. The exception that proves the rule, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's... It's one of those things where, I mean, his record in primetime big spot games isn't very good. Pressure situation. Right. I mean, isn't very good. He's never won one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, having to control or be the deciding factor in a game. Right. He doesn't do well. If he has to improvise because his offensive line stinks, he doesn't do well. He turtles. Once again, he can't. It's It was easy for me... To think occasionally, although I never wanted to think this because it's such a dumb fan take, and I know it, that, you know, the Vikings should have kept Keenum instead of Cousins. Now, granted, Cousins hasn't done that great, and I don't think he's going to end up getting any better, but I think Charge tweeted this during the game. If Keenum was so great, why is he on his fifth team in five years? <laughs> like, he... Why did the Broncos after one year go, whoa... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're going to go with Joe Flacco instead. Yeah. Oh, how sad. What a bloody An aging ego. Joe Flacco. Yeah. Sadly, I don't think the Vikings really had much of a choice. No, Cousins was an upgrade. Yeah. There's no question about it, Cousins was an upgrade. But he was the best upgrade option. And now, if Teddy goes out and plays well for New Orleans, everybody's going to be talking about, oh, they should have kept Teddy. Right. Well, when they let Teddy go, nobody knew if he was going to step foot on a football field again. Right. And how are you going to hang your hat on somebody you don't know is ever going to play again? Also, if Teddy's so great, why has he been stuck behind Drew Brees for two years? Why didn't the team want to put him in the mix for a starting position? Yeah, why hasn't... There's 31 other teams in the league that were like, yeah, he can be a backup. Right. What do you think about the officiating in the game? It's... A very Vikings fan take to say all the calls went against us, but but they did. All the calls kind of went against us. Right? I, I had a tweet basically to that effect that it just it's so easy for fans to say, "Oh, we got screwed, we got screwed." And every game that the Vikings lose, some fans will blame it on the refs. But Almost you know, all the time. right? The whole blind squirrel acorn thing—they're going to be right at some point. <laughs> at least yeah. once they're going to be right. And this time they were right. It really was kind of crazy, especially it seemed like the even though. The Dalvin Cook pass interference, Diggs. right, was legit. You were kind of looking for it. Yeah, that's never called. Right. And I can't remember who said it today. I think it was Common or Tenna basically said that, no, I think it was Tenna, no Packers 
like freaked out and were like, oh, this is awful. You know, why aren't you throwing a flag? Because they know they do it too. It's just like a normal football yeah. thing. It's a pick crossing play. Right. Well, and then the other thing is is watching the replay of that atrocious throw Cousins had on first and goal for the interception late mm. in the game. Yeah. If you watch the replay, the defender pushes off. Yep. If they would have reviewed that, that, would they have flipped it over as right. defensive pass interference? Probably right. not, because it wasn't egregious. Right. Yeah. I, I've i just been really disappointed with the, the way that officiating has been done this year, as I think everybody has. In general, the less you call, the better. I would be happy if offensive holding was hardly ever called. Well, it, give the quarterback some time to throw. It goes back to... I mean, it's not quite the replacement officials bad. Right. I mean, that was just With, horrendous. Uh, the touchdown and the incomplete at the same yeah. time, both refs. But uh, the roughing the passer penalty at the end of the Bears-Broncos game. Yeah, that was ridiculous. He yeah. still had the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 getting to the point where it was last year's roughing the passer now, where there's these phantom roughing the passer calls and all these phantom calls, and pretty soon the game is just going to be officiated on screen. Right. Where the teams will run a play, they'll watch the play back on video, and decide what happens. Basically, NFL's version of... Uh, machine umps, robot umps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to take the human error out of it. They're changing football. Right. I mean, it's no longer football. Like I said, it was hard to watch the first quarter of that game even because it was stop, go, stop, go, yeah. stop, go, stop, go. And the preseason was a joke because, I mean, this was week two of the actual preseason. Right. Because the starters uh-huh. are actually playing. Right. But, hey, at least we don't live in Miami. Oh, man. They should bring Jay Cutler back just for funsies. <laughs> the Dolphins. Today's morning line on the game in Dallas. So the Cowboys versus the Dolphins in Dallas. What do you think the spread was? 28. 20 and a half. Wow, that was a little off. The 12th time in NFL history that a team has been favored by 20 or more points. The Patriots are expected to be favored by more than 20 points. This weekend in Foxborough against the Jets. What a joke. What happened to the parody in that league? It's terrible. That, when the history books talk about how great the Patriots were, there has to at least be a section about how they basically got a free first round by every single damn year because their division was so terrible. Yeah. So annoying. I mean, you're guaranteed six wins at the start of the season. Right. Because who's the fourth team in that division? It's Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. Bills. 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 <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the Bills have gotten better. Yeah. But the Jets will take a step forward for three weeks and then fall flat on their face. And Miami hasn't been anything since Marino left. Right. Since Jimmy Johnson left. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thielen and Diggs, your thoughts? They've been good. I mean, obviously Thielen isn't off to the same hot start that he was last year, but they're not throwing as much. Right. I mean, week one, they threw 10 times. Right. Week two, they completed 14 passes. (laughs) So... I mean, outside of that, they played good. Uh, on the plays where I've been able to see them on replays of blocking, they seem to be blocking downfield. Right. Which, you know, hasn't always been the case for wide receivers and on that team. Mm-hmm. I play when I want to play. <laughs> My homeboy. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. <laughs> but outside of that, I, I would think that they were, they've been playing well. Yeah, I agree. I was 
I wasn't as much of a hater on Diggs's take off his helmet, get a penalty as everyone else was. I thought it showed some fire. I thought that it actually, it's, I think it, it didn't help sway momentum, but it did give the Vikings a little more confidence because psychology works in that way. It's kind of weird and nonsensical, yeah. but it was nice to see someone have a little bit of fire in a it's, Kirk Cousins led offense, you know? It's nice to see emotion. It wasn't nice to see uh, Bailey then miss. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> but but it's a Vikings kicker in Lambo. That is true. It's Have a Vikings, they cut him yet? It's a Vikings kicker. Period. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had a good one since Gary Anderson pre NFC Championship game. Right. But they were talking. One of the talkers on radio and TV shows today was that Thielen and Diggs are both kind of prima donna ish, and that Th- Thielen was kind of upset that he wasn't getting thrown to as much and. Cousins forced it to Thielen, which is why there was that interception instead of going to Diggs again, who was probably open. And I, I'll have to say, I never saw that coming because both Diggs and Thielen just seemed like kind of normal guys. They didn't seem to have that wide receiver well, prima donna attitude. But it comes with the position, man. You want to be in the spotlight. I mean, you more, see when you're in the spotlight. More Diggs than Thielen I could see it with. Yeah. Thielen is very humble. He was an undrafted free agent. Well, now he's tasted some success. Maybe that's changed him. Yeah. But that happens sometimes. I mean, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Dion or Irvin or somebody T O Ojo Cinco. No, it was going through all the Chris Carter. No, that's said that right. In order to play that position you have to have a level of swagger. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And that's that's why I was fine with the Diggs helmet thing. Yeah. I mean That's what I saw it as. The quarterback is the leader. Yeah. So they have to be that humble team first guy. Right. Wide receivers are the playmakers. Yeah. So then by extension, the showboaters, basically. Yeah. Just like the best fullback tight end that the Vikings have ever had looked the part in Jimmy Kleinsaucer. That's right. It's a rough, tumble position. Right. I mean, I'd be a little concerned if you had a prima donna on the offensive line. Yeah, that'd be weird. Like, what are you doing? Are you like, you're like getting a great block and then cheering about the great yeah. block. <laughs> so moving on to the wild, what do you think of the Spurgeon extension? I feel like it's been getting pretty good, pretty rave reviews from talking heads around here. It it makes sense. He's been the team's best defenseman for the last few seasons. Better than Suter. Uh he may be small, but he plays a big game, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you watch him, he doesn't get blown up a lot. He tends to actually lay hits. Like He knows when to hit guys that are off balance and use his little size to his ability. Uh, and being an offensive threat also really helps right. the, the team. And there's some concern that he'll be 30 when the season starts, so he'll be 30 when the contract starts, too, because... It starts next season, so he'll be 31 when the first year of his contract starts, but he'll be 30 when the contract starts. <laughs> Long story longer. <laughs> How many years is the contract for? Seven years. Holy uh, moly. So he'll be 37. I thought we were trying to not have those kind of contracts anymore. <laughs> no, they're, they're not. they were trying to not have those nine-year oh, deals. Oh, okay. Like, Shave off those last two years, and then you'll be a lot better. Yeah, it's... So the NBA kind of has the same thing where there's a max deal you can sign as a free agent and a max deal you can sign with your team. Right. So it's the same thing in the NHL where the Wild were able to give him seven. Next offseason when free agency opened up, he could only get six years from other clubs. Uh, but I don't have any concerns with him being 37 at the end of his contract. 
That's not impossibly old for a hockey player. Well, and he's small. He doesn't play a very gritty game, so he's not taking right. a lot of wear and tear. He's a very good skater, and that should hold up. I mean, he may get a little slower, but he's still faster than Suter if he gets a little slower. Right. How important is Dumba's return to this team? That is probably the biggest off-season acquisition this year. Right. If you can call it an off-season acu- right. acquisition, because he was already on the team. <laughs> right. But they lost him after 32 games last year. Yeah. And in those 32 games, he had 12 goals, which at the end of the year had him tied for 17th in the league amongst defensemen and goals. Right. And he only played 32 games. Yeah. That puts him on 25 to 30 for a full season. And he had 22 points, which was 91st, which you figure every team has seven or more defensemen right. that play games. So he's 91st of 200-plus players, and he only played 40% of the season. That's crazy. So what you're saying is it's very important to the team that he's back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not only does it solidify the top four defensemen, it also adds more to the offense. And let's face it, last year they were struggling for offense. Yeah. So so strange for a wild team to be struggling with offense. Yeah, that's never happened before. <laughs> so the Twins looked pretty good in Cleveland. I think I needed you last week because you could have talked me off the ledge instead of me just proclaiming that the Twins were done so. <laughs> I still kind of stick by that as far as... Like, it was really just kind of a dumb clickbaity thing, and I'm... I kind of regret putting it that way, but there's such a disconnect between what you're told you should do to try to get viewers and what's just kind of stupid and annoying. Like, you're, you're told you're supposed to do stuff like that, but if I don't like stuff like that, why would I do it? Yeah. You know? But what I, what I, I just should have made it more realistic. I should, I should have just changed two words. Instead of saying the twins are Dunzo, I should have called it are the twins Dunzo. Because I didn't even say that they were in that their season is completely over. Because I still predicted they'd make the playoffs. I still predicted they'd win the division. Basically, the only thing I changed was that I felt like they weren't going to get very far in the playoffs. Which, I, st- I still think that's true now, but I'm not as worried as I was last week because Sano's injury obviously wasn't as big of a deal as it seemed like it could have been last week. Kepler is still kind of day-to-day, but it doesn't seem serious, correct? Right. Cruz is going to be dealing with the wrist, but I mean, it is what it is with him. He's not going to be completely out, but he's not going to be 100%. That It's not too big of a concern with him. And I think that Crone's was thumb. Crone's thumb. Or uh, Gonzalez is back now. Gonzalez is back. So we weren't sure if that was going to happen. And you look at all these, I'll call them knick-knack injuries. I mean, Cruz isn't really a knick-knack injury because the tendon ruptured in his wrist. Right. But you now have two weeks before the playoff starts where you can rest these guys. Yep. Get them back to 100. Yeah. So that they're ready for the push. And that's that's a big thing, is to get them ready for that big push to in the playoffs healthy. And, I mean, that's one of those things that this team has to do. That's why it's nice that they took three or four against Cleveland, because it gives them that leeway to be able to rest those guys and not have to worry about having to win every single game. Yeah. And let's face it, the big reason they took three or four from Cleveland was the rain out Friday night. Right. I mean, yeah, they, they went to a bullpen game for both games of the doubleheader, and the bullpen outshined Clevenger. Huh. But it took a good starter out of the series for Cleveland, because they started the game and then had to stop it. Right. So Cleveland had to go to a bullpen game in one of the two. Yeah. So it gave them a chance to at least split for sure. Yeah. And the bullpen showed that they were good, minus Kyle Gibson coming out of the pen in game three. Right. Kyle Gibson. I'm going to be so glad to be done with him. 
He, he reminds me of Kyle Loesch. He reminds me of that entire Twins era of pitchers. Scott Baker, Nick Blackburn, Kevin Slowey, R.A. Dick. No, I liked R.A. Dickey. All of those guys who just kind of, they didn't throw really electric stuff. They just kind of got by. The thing about Gibson is that he was supposed to have that and then never reach his full potential. Still has more swing and miss stuff than those guys I just mentioned did. Except for R.A. Dickey because the nasty knuckler was insane. But Except for Maurer couldn't catch it. <laughs> that's right. That That's... That and that was that was the end of R.A. Dickey here. Do, do, do we want to talk about R.A. Dickey for the rest of the segment? Maybe another half hour? No. Uh, at me on Twitter when I'm tweeting a lot, because that probably means I've been drinking, and I'll tell you all the things you'd ever want to know about R.A. Dickey. But anyway, this is Gibson's last year. I hope they don't re-sign him, because then that whole pitch-to-contact thing, the whole past with the Twins that kind of haunts us, I feel like, will finally just be gone, and we can move forward in a hopefully better way with guys like Gret- Gladderall. Is that how you pronounce it? Gladderall. Gladderall. <laughs> Bruzdar. There we go. There we go. Bruzdar. That's two easy syllables. So you did some homework on this. So I feel like we should ask, even though we're kind of going a little long. What do you think the rotation and batting order for the playoffs would be? <laughs> or should we save that for next week? Yeah, let's save that. Yeah, for next week. let's save that for next week. So tune in next week, and you'll hear our predictions. That's on a great tease. Who our lineup and starting rotation we think should be for the first Twins divisional series game in a number of years or we'll be crying because it looks like they're not going to make the playoffs i mean one of the two yeah there's there's there is two ways this could go right thank you for listening to this sports ramble segment of midweek minnesota for more of my sports commentary visit at mn sports ramble on twitter we have really fun engaged audience on there and i'd love for you to join the discussion also of course remember to mark your calendars for monday october 7th the launch of the Eric Ridland Isn't So Bad podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.